Welcome to the Just In Case It Burns podcast with your hosts, Justin and Burns. All right, Burns. I don't have a trivia question tonight. I'm giving Woohoo, I win. <laughs> um, we're back. We're here for uh, a special episode leading up to Forbidden Door on Sunday. So we wanted to hop on here and give a... Just a preview of the uh, the match card. Um, so we're going to go over a few things tonight. I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened on Dynamite a couple nights ago on Wednesday. And then we'll just do a Forbidden Door preview. And then at the end, we will end with a, another top five from Burns here. So if we're ready, we'll get rolling. Um, I just want to talk about the, the... This isn't really what I wanted to talk about, but the guns defeated the Hardys. What I wanted to talk about was what happened after that. Um, you know, Ricky Starks ran in, FTR ran in, and then CM Punk ran in. I didn't think CM Punk was supposed to be on Dynamite. Uh, but lo and behold, he was there. Yeah, it was since it was in Chicago, I think they kept him around, put him on that. Um, if you notice later in that, though, it was pre-tapes by the Elite, so they were not in the building. So I think that's why he was there because they were not. Um, but Moxley was, which kind of surprised me that he would be in the building uh, with Punk. Yeah. So I know it was late enough in the show, kind of different points. So maybe they just kept him apart or there's might not be as much animosity between those two as was reported. Yeah, because I mean... It's real heat between these guys. Like, they really can't be in the same area. Um, I didn't put it together that it was a tape spot with uh, Kingston and the Elite um, and the whole game they were playing that they weren't in the building because he offended them. Right. I had not put that together. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that he was still there. I, I guess, you know, they were still in Chicago. Because um, I was sitting there watching and everybody was looking back. I was like, he's not coming out. It's like his dynamite. What's everybody waiting for? And then lo and behold, he comes running out there and setting up a, an eight-man tag match, which is basically just another main event like the last one that was on Collision, just two more people added to the equation. Yeah, and I mean, it, it kind of doesn't make any sense anyway because they're all going to be on the pay-per-view. So if you can keep them apart for a pay-per-view, I don't see why you can't keep them apart for a two-hour show. It, it can't be that hard. They're not all in the same locker room. So why can't we all just get along? I think at some point it will eventually. I, I mean, I guess there's probably a lot of big egos and big everything and all this, but I think at some point we might get to that. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, the other thing I want to talk about was uh, MGF and Cole. They had a nice little uh, back and forth conversation and then, uh, MJF declined a rematch, which isn't surprising. No. Uh, Cole goaded him into accepting the match with Tanahashi, which I don't think is very surprising either. Um, MJF was just playing the role of I'm not going to show up, blah, blah, blah. Um, what I was a little surprised with was how they ended up being uh, partnered in a tag team. I don't really understand what's going on with that. What is that tag team tournament? Do you know what that is? Yeah, so from uh, what I'm I gather, not sure what that is. It's kind of just they're putting 
all the names in the hat of people throughout the company, pairing them together, and then they're having a tournament, and the winners of that tournament get a shot at FTR for the tag titles. So uh, it's one of those will you how will they coexist thing. Uh, I don't think they're going to win the whole tournament, but it'd be interesting to see them go, you know, maybe two or three matches, get to the finals even, maybe semifinals, um, have to work together, and then something happens to, you know, lead them into a match, a, a rematch. Yeah, I guess I just don't know why why they're doing that kind of tag team tournament. I think they have a strong enough tag team division that they don't really need to, to do something like that. But I do kind of like that, having them have to work together on a team uh, kind of storyline. Uh, should be interesting. Yeah, and they could progress a lot of storylines in this if they did that with other people. I mean, you could finally get Keith Lee and Swerve back together and with all their tension, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus maybe even uh, have something yeah. there where they have to work together or Christian and kind of get, get other storylines going throughout this tag tournament. So it's not a bad idea, just... Um, you're just going to see a lot of split teams. I don't think they're going to put any actual tag teams together. You know, the Hardys might be split up and uh, Penta and Phoenix could be split up too. So just a little fun. None of them are going to beat FTR. So uh, in the end game, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. I just hope it's not too obvious if they start pairing all those people together. I mean, I think it was very obvious pairing MGF and Adam Cole together, but I mean, if, if you're just going to start pairing all these guys together, why not just say, hey, we're pairing all these guys together and not have the actual little thing spinning it around? But Right. That we don't see. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so hopefully maybe they'll actually do some random draw, but I don't know. Nothing's really random in, in this world. True. But, okay. Uh, that's really all I wanted to talk about, Dynamo. I thought those were the two big kind of things that happened. Um, so really what we're here for is the uh, Forbidden Door so we were going to run through the the match card and just kind of give our our thoughts. I just want to preface this with uh, I don't know a whole lot about New Japan Wrestling. It's something I enjoy about AEW is it opens me up to that world. So I'm learning about a lot of these wrestlers. Um, so I don't have a lot of background on a lot of these guys. Yeah, but I either. hope to know a lot more. Yeah, yeah. The- I hope. So I was just going to say, we're not going to be getting into who these guys are really, or because I don't have the background to kind of talk about a lot of them, more predictions of what we think are going to happen with these matches, not necessarily getting in depth with, with the matchups. Right. But it's just something you don't, you don't see in a lot of, you won't see in some, a lot of other places. So it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, but to just jump right into it, um, We've got the six-man tag team. That's uh, Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, Sammy Guevara versus Sting, Darby Allen, and a to-be-determined uh, third man that will be announced on Collision tomorrow night. Um, first, I wanted to ask you if you have any thoughts on who that third person might be. I have no idea. It could be anybody. They said you've made a lot of enemies over the years. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be somebody from New Japan. Um Jericho's been over there enough that it's it's really hard telling uh, who it could be. I'm not sure, uh, to be very honest with you, who 
who it could be. I've heard some stirrings that, you know, it may not be somebody like the, uh, from New Japan. It could be uh, a one-off with Goldberg. A lot of people throwing <laughs> that out there, and I I hope not. But that's the, the one name that I heard people throwing out there. That would be wild. Let's kind of go back to the WCW days, right? Yeah. Um, I think I was just watching like an old uh, old thing, old documentary, and somebody was talking about how Goldberg just used to hurt everybody he wrestled with because he wasn't that that great at doing a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that would be the direction to go. But So we'll see. They will find out on Collision who they choose for that one. Um, I think uh, my prediction for that one is I think Sting, Darby Allen, and their soon-to-be-determined partner comes out on top with a little twist of uh, Sammy Guevara kind of turning on on Jericho at some point in the match. I just think he's not really fully invested in the, the JAS anymore, and he's going to find his way out. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you just said there. I, I picked Sting, Darby, and TBA. Um, and yeah, just something's going on with uh, with those two, and it looks like a split is coming. So... It could happen. Could happen uh, Sunday night. Yeah, I I just hope there's a cool spot between Sting and Jericho. Um, I don't know if it'll be like a submission kind of you know walls of Jericho line tamer, you know, or something. A Sting's move. I can't out of my mind right now. Um, can't think of what it is, but. Um, I just hope there's a cool spot between the two of them at some point in the match, which I'm sure there there will be, since there really hasn't been anything before. Um, and then, you know, there will be a lot of high-flying between Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen uh, throughout the whole thing. But I just hope there's not a whole bunch of just dumb shenanigans uh, throughout the match. So, Yeah, I think uh, Darby and Sammy will take a decent amount uh, of the match, and then you'll get that big pop somewhere towards the middle at the end when uh, Sting and Jericho get in there together. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next thing, the next match we have is the uh, Konsuke Takashita Shoto Umino and the Blackpool Combat Club versus. The Elite, Eddie Kingston, and Tomohiro Ishii, which is it's an interesting grouping of guys. So it's a, there's 10 people total in this match. Um, Eddie Kingston with the Elite is is an interesting dynamic um, with the John Moxley and Eddie Kingston relationship. Um, I thought adding Ishii, which, again, I don't know anything about, about him. He just looks like he's getting older yeah, he's um, 47 old he is yeah but i mean a lot of i think there's been they've been bringing several older older guys back that are doing all right um but he got a big pop when he came out people um people like to see him so yeah, he should, was, i don't know it should uh, go, ahead. go ahead i would say it should be a pretty good match i think uh i, I always think the black bull combat club are going to win these so i'm just going to stick to it and say i think the bcc uh, ends up winning this. Um, yeah. Uh, so Ishii 
he's been on two or three times before. Uh, I think the last time we saw him was during the Owen Hart Cup when Adam Cole beat him. Um, and then I think before that was on an episode of Dynamite with uh, Orange Cassidy. Um, but yeah, getting older, uh, you could kind of tell that it took him a minute to get down to the ring, but still puts on a hell of a show. Um, I'm actually going with the Elite on this one. Uh, I think it makes the most sense to kind of push uh, some of the storylines. Um, especially with maybe like Kingston and uh, Claudio and then even Kingston and, and Moxley, like you said, they've you know teamed up together before and been buddies and even on Dynamite, you know, they got in each other's face and uh, interesting dynamic there. So see where it goes. But I think the Elite take it on this one. Yeah. Okay. Then the next matchup, or I don't know if it's, it, I don't know the order of the matches, but the next match on my list is uh, Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale for the AEW Women's World Championship. Um, I do think a couple belts get dropped on, on this pay-per-view, but I don't think this is one of them. I think Tony Storm retains. Um, I think it'll be a good, nice, strong match. And Will Nightingale puts up a good fight because she has a belt of her own. Uh, I can't remember what it is at the moment again. but uh, So I don't think she takes on the, the women's uh, championship in this one. Yeah, no, I got Tony. Um, you know, outcasts are going to come out, do some stuff. Sky Blue will probably come out. Um, just kind of further that um, rivalry they got going. But yeah, Tony definitely keeps the belt in this one. Okay. And moving on to the four-way match for the AEW International Championship, Orange Cassidy versus Daniel Garcia, Zack Sabre Jr., and Katu Sori Shibata. This is one where I think the belt does change. I think this is the end of the road for Orange Cassidy. Uh, he's been going up against these kind of matches for a long time, and I think he actually drops this one. Um, I think it could go to a couple different of them here, but I think Daniel Garcia wins it. They keep it in AEW. Um, I, I thought maybe Zack Sabre Jr. might win it as well, but uh, I believe they'll keep it in AEW with Daniel Garcia. Uh, I'm saying that uh, Orange keeps it. Uh, I believe that the other two already hold belts. Um, so you're not going to put them, you know, two belts on, on one guy, I don't think. And I just don't think it's, uh, it's Garcia's time right now, although it will be. I just don't think this is it. Um, I think if Orange Cassie's going to lose, he's going to lose to a bigger name um, to keep that championship kind of going. So I'm going with Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just think it's they've been putting him in matches like this for, for a while now, and there's got to be an end of the road somewhere. Yeah, I think it's coming um, for sure. Yeah, but this should be an entertaining match. A lot of close calls and guys jumping out of nowhere breaking it up. So, and Orange Cassidy always puts on a good show. Uh, next one on the list is CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima. It's the first round of the Owen Hart Cup. Um, I think this is an easy one. CM Punk's going to win this one. They're not going to have him lose. So I think there's, there's going to set up uh, 
at some point him and Smojo are going to run into each other on their side of the bracket with, you know, CM Punk's going to find his way into the finals of this Owen Hart Cup. Uh, but he's going to have to go through Samojo at some point. Yep, I agree. Uh, Punk's not losing, especially not in Chicago. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Then we've got Athena versus Billy Starks, which is the first round of the Owen Hart Cup on the other side, the women's side. Uh, Got to be honest here, I'm just going to have to pick one. Uh, I'll say uh, Billy Starks. <laughs> uh, I think it's Athena. Uh, big name. Uh, yeah. Ex-WWE, you know, Ember Moon. She's holds the belt in Ring of Honor uh, for the women. Uh, I don't think she's going to lose. And it could lead to something more looking at those brackets. Um, you know, you could have her going up against some, you know, Ruby or, uh, you know, some ex-WWE. So that could get something going there. Maybe she jumps from Ring of Honor, loses the belt at some point in time, joins the outcasts, comes over and, and does something else, but uh, I think she's taking this one. Yeah, okay. I may change my vote on that one. Uh, <laughs> over to Athena. I think I'm switching sides on that one. Uh, then uh, next one on the list was a late ad uh, that you made me aware of, aware of is Adam Cole versus Tom Lawler. Uh, I think Adam Cole is going to win this one. I don't know much about Tom Lawler, but I think it'll be, I don't know, I don't know if it'll be a squash match. I mean, I don't think there'll be any squash matches on pay-per-views. So, but I'll go Adam Cole on this one. Yep, Adam Cole. Okay. Then we have, let's go Sonata versus Jungle Boy for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I would like to think that uh, Jungle Boy would win this one. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I'll I would really be rooting for him, but I think Sonata retains the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in this one. Yeah, I, I agree with that, um, especially since it's the Heavyweight Championship and Jack Perry's not what you know Americans would consider a heavyweight by any means. Um, yeah. Even though that doesn't really you know mean too terribly much with these titles, uh, I still think you, you keep it on. Sonata, they're not going to give up that belt, especially if you know most of their guys are losing um, already. Of what we've talked about, a lot of their guys are losing. Um, so yeah, I don't think they're going to go for every single one of the New Japan guys losing, and uh, this is one that they will win. Yeah. So then this the three big matches of the night. Um, I'm going to list them off and then we'll talk them one by one because I wanted to kind of ask you. Uh, I think the main event is is the dream match, the Kazuchika Okada versus Brian Danielson. That'll be the main event at the end. Then you've got the MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AEW World Championship and Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Championship. So I've heard that, you know, if you don't, if you're not last, you want to be the first match. Yes. So you think, are they going to open up with MJF or Kenny Omega? I think they open up with Danielson. Oh, right. I don't know if it's already been said that that's going to be 
the main event, but I would bet they open up with that match just because they're going to put on a hell of a show. Uh, yeah. Both amazing workers. Uh, it's, it, it is a dream match. So I would say you kick it off right and go with that and then end with, uh, honestly, I think you end with Osprey and Omega. Um, yeah. Maybe put MJF in the middle you know, a couple cooler, cooler matches. Cause you can't put them. You're going to have to put one of those three in the middle and, and a couple of the other matches just uh cool off between the other two. Cause all three of them are going to be amazing matches and you just don't want to go back to back to back. Cause the crowd's going to kind of lose it a little bit. They need time to recover and get back into it. So, um, right. I, I think MJF's middle match and Omega ends it. Okay. All right, well, let's talk about them. Um, let's talk about MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AEW World Championship. Um, again, I don't know much about Tanahashi, but I don't think MJF drops the AEW World Championship at, at Forbidden Door to a New Japan wrestler. I think they're saving that for for CM Punk at some point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be completely candid. Yeah, uh, I agree. MJF does, does win this. Um, might be something goes on with that where it looks like he's gonna, you know, gonna lose. I'm not sure. Uh, Cole comes out or, you know, somebody else from New Japan and maybe with this, you know, whole MJF Cole being on, on a team type of thing, he comes out to save him. Maybe that's why he was a late add to the pay per view just to justify him being in the arena. Um, yeah. But yeah, MJF takes this. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe that is why he's added uh, as that late ad against Tom Lawler. Because um, he can get in there and do something. Okay, so we're both on MGF for that one. Then let's talk about... Uh, I'm honestly really excited for this match uh, with Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. Uh, they had... I, th- I don't know if they've had one or two uh, or maybe three matches on AEW shows, and they've just been... You know, to steal the name of the show, they've just been dynamite. They've been awesome. Yeah. Um, There's just been nonstop action and flying around the ring. And it's just been, I've wanted to see more every time they've wrestled. I think this is the other belt that gets dropped. I think Will Ospreay beats him and and wins this match and becomes the new IWGP United States champion. Yeah, I agree. Um, Hadn't been much lead up to this. Um, so I think they're just bringing him in, him in to, to win the belt back. Um, but yeah, you're right. They've had matches before. It's been amazing. Uh, they actually, uh, were in the, uh, trios championship with, uh, Osprey and Ozzy open versus the elite. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a hell of a match. I can't wait to see this one. Kenny Omega loses. Yeah, and I'm I'm just wondering too if Don Callis gets involved in this at all because there's that little promo on Dynamite where Osprey was saying he was worried about his safety in Canada, and Don Callis was offering his support. Um, I just hope he doesn't get involved in the match at any point. Yeah, be interesting to see what his you know personal uh, security is whether it was, you know, the BCC or if it's somebody else that he brings in. Um, 
be curious to see who, who that's going to be. Cause it could be with being new Japan. Maybe it's a couple other people that Kenny Omega has had matches with before or issues with, and he brings them in. Uh, yeah, should be interesting. I don't yeah. think he'll he'll get too terribly involved in it. Uh, he's got his own problems with the uh, ten man match, um, right? So, but we'll see. Okay. And then finally, it's the dream match: Kazuchika Okada versus Brian Danielson. Um, I think I'd like to. I've been going back and forth on this. Uh, whether it's going to be Danielson or the Rainmaker, as they call him, uh, I, I'm a big Brian Danielson fan. Uh, I would like to see him win this, but something's telling me that he's going to lose, um, and that he's going to get caught with the Rainmaker, uh, and it's going to take him down. So I'm going with Kazuchika Okada to win. Yeah, this is one that I was less confident on who I think is going to win. Um, I think a lot of these are kind of obvious, uh, predictable matchups. This is one where it could go either way. Uh, I am going Brian Danielson, I guess. Um, <laughs> just, just for the fact that I picked the elite to win against the BCC, and I don't think both of them are going to lose. Yeah. Um, and I think since Omega's losing, the elite wins, which means you'll have Danielson win. So everybody's got a, a winner and a loser um, on the card. Okay, so that is all of the matches for Forbidden Door. We wanted to go through the DraftKings free pool that AEW has been uh, been having promos about, but we couldn't find it um, on the app. So, so if we do happen to find that, we will uh, we'll send that out. We created a Twitter account. Um, for ourselves so if you there are no tweets on there right now but we hope to, we'll start sending information out um, if you want to give us a follow it's just uh, it's at JSTN case it burns so at just in case it burns but we took the U and the I out of Justin because they can only let you have 15 characters in your Twitter handle but if you search for it you can just search for just in case it burns and it should come up and you can find it that way. But again, the handle's at J-S-T-N-C-A-S-E-I-T-B-U-R-N-S. And you can find us on there. Give us a follow. Um, we'll start sending information out on there. Um, each time we post new episodes, we'll we'll send it out on there. And we also have our, our email address if you want to drop us a line, uh, just in case it burns at gmail.com. But so if we if we do find that pool, we'll send out our, uh, our picks on there uh, just so we can get them out. But I'm not sure we'll be able to find it. Uh, we have as of yet. All right. So, other than that, we have the Burns top five. We did not do one in our last episode, so we wanted to make sure we did one in this. Two episodes we get. We did the worst finishers. So today we are going to do his best finishers. So Burns top five 
his best finishers, and I will turn it over to you. So at number five, I did Rey Mysterio's 619. Um, Well, I like it. Just because there's not much like it. Uh, You know, very iconic move. You know who does it. You know who started to do it. Um, Not many people get up from, you know, from that. Um, so just because of, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's, these are the, you know, hardest moves to do or to get out of or anything, but they're some of the most iconic moves that I do. So, um, so number five, six, one, nine, uh, number four, I have Jake, the snake and the DDT. Um, again, iconic move. He was the one that, you know, created it, named it, everything like that. Again, not the best one. A lot of people do it or variations of it. Um, some people do it and it's not even a finisher, but it was very believable when he, he did that move. You knew the guy was not getting up from it. Right. Uh, number three, the one that can come out of anywhere is the RKO. Um, Randy Orton just seems to come up with the most amazing ways to hit that, whether it's, you know, diving off of the top rope or, you know, sliding in two feet, you know, above, above the mat when somebody's coming down and hitting it, um, iconic, you know, who does it, you know, you know, who's, uh, famous for it. And it's just so amazing to watch no, no matter when he's doing it or how he does it, it's, it's always so creative. So it's my number three. Uh, another iconic one is the Stone Cold Stunner. Uh, I love it. And I like that just because he can hit it on anybody, whether it's McMahon or Pat McAfee or, you know, somebody that doesn't know how to do any wrestling moves. He can, he can hit it. Um, and watching, I think the the thing I like the most is watching how people take it and then their reactions afterwards and how much they overplay taking that move just cracks me up. So um, Stone Cold and his stunners, number two. And number one has to go to the Tombstone Pilot Driver. Uh, I think if you asked 100 people uh, a finishing move in wrestling, whether they know anything about wrestling or not, probably going to come up with the undertaker in one way shape or form and it's probably going to be his pile driver and you know for the longest time um that move was kind of banned in wwe because it's really is dangerous if you don't know how to execute it or take it correctly um but nobody ever had a problem with taker um right because he's so safe at, at doing it so um those are my top five uh Tombstone, Stunner, RKO, DDT from Jake the Snake, and the 619. Hey, that's a great list. You know, does RKO, does that include the RK bro? Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, I like that, uh, the Tombstone Piledriver. You know, there's a lot of, you know, variations to that over the year, over the years that many other people, like even Chris Statlander kind of has a, has a variation of, I think hers is pretty cool how she kind of moves her arm, how she does, and then you know drives them into the into the mat. So yeah, really I mean, to how cool that move is. 
you know, Lawler, Jerry Lawler used to do a, a pile driver too, where he sat down on it um, instead of going to his knees. Um, a lot of variations, but I just think if you said, uh, you know, pile driver, most people are going to think of the tombstone. Absolutely. That's where, you know, that's where it was born from. All right. Well, I think that's all we got. I do have one other thing to mention. Um, my Cincinnati Reds, they won again tonight, 12 in a row. Beat the Atlanta Braves, first place Cincinnati Reds. Hey, got to take it when I can. Didn't think that was going to happen, did you? <laughs> I absolutely did not. So I'm just enjoying it while it lasts. Uh, they're a fun team to watch right now. Um, so I'll take it when I can. Um, but, yeah. So hopefully it continues for a little bit longer. Well, yeah. So if you're enjoying this, you know, give us a subscribe. Tell your friends. Have them uh, review us. I guess that that helps too. Helps people find us if we get better uh, reviews. And then drop us a line at our email if you want, just in case it burns at gmail.com. And like I said, we created a Twitter at uh, JSTN, case it burns. Uh, we'll get those picks sent out if we can ever find them. Got anything else? No. Uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions, comments, segments you want to hear our opinions on or anything, like you said, just uh, try to hit us up on either the email or Twitter. And thanks for listening. All right, that's all we got. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Just In Case It Burns. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Tell a friend about us, and we'll see you next time.